you're about to enjoy a free episode of The Dull Crayons. To support the show and earn cool rewards, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dullcrayons. When we hit 25 supporters, we will release the second set of Llama Llama Red Pajama Freestyles by yours truly and BX Tony, and you know you want to hear those. You can also support us by throwing us some star magic and writing a review on iTunes. And as always, stay dull, carry snacks. Good morning, boys and girls. Today, we'll be learning all about... Dull Crayons. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back into the Cran Box. You are on with the Dull Boys. I am your host, Gabriel Zuger. I am joined today by a first-time co-host, longtime fan of the show, longtime friend of myself, and that would be Malin. Malin, how are you doing today? Feeling good, especially after that tot of whiskey you poured down my throat. So Malin has has uh, been given the privilege um, as a respected member of the Cran Box uh, to choose his own whiskey from the uh, whiskey cart. Is that, a, uh, is that a special privilege? That is a special privilege. It's it's a privilege that no not, others not other afforded to every crayon. The only other the only other member that has been given that such treatment has been, uh, I believe, uh, David, father of the pod. Wow. Um, he's been allowed to choose his own, but but again, this honored. this goes to your judgment. You should feel honored. Um, it also goes to the extensive nature of the whiskey cart at this point that I can't even choose it's, anymore. It's purely I prefer it's sagging. somebody else. Yeah, I, prefer I think if you looked else. at it the wrong way, it would fall over. I, I wish there were like a, a shuffle button that I could just hit, you know, like on the cart so that like I, just, I like it, they'd roll around on a conveyor belt and then come out at me at random because I almost feel daunted with the, the choice, you know, the, the oppressive freedom of how many different bourbons and rise and whiskeys that I have at this point. So Truly I prefer having somebody else riches. come over and tell me. Uh, uh, exactly. I prefer having somebody else come over and tell me what to drink. So Colin Wait. has chosen for us today. Minor... Oh, are you drinking that too? I am. I'm you drank my choice. Oh. Yes, I'm drinking your choice. We're drinking wow. minor case rye whiskey, straight rye whiskey, uh, finished in a sherry cask. Uh, and this comes to us from the uh, Limestone Distillery, actually from Kentucky, straight from Kentucky, bootlegged all the way here. Uh, via I don't know. What was it your whatever car, whatever fucking highway you take from Kentucky Hyundai to New or York. Kia? What yeah, kind of rental Hyundai. car did you get? I think it was a white Hyundai. I think it was oh, like the classic. ultimate, the ultimate rental car because of yeah. course you know nothing says it's a rental car like you know a white Saturn or a white Hyundai. You know something that nobody could ever purchase and drive around in on a daily basis. Also, nothing says moving drugs across straight lines than a white rental car. Now I I, I, I I thought you'd want to be a little bit more creative in your in your drug smuggling, right? I th- I feel like you want to go with like a painter's van or like you know something with a business logo on the side of it because then it it sort of says that you're you're doing something. There's a reason why you're uh, uh, going across state line. I, I I don't know, but I thought yeah. the point was to be inconspicuous. And you're and you're saying that like a, a, I think a painter's a van, van on the interstate is pretty conspicuous. You think so? Oh, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. I don't know. I don't, what painter I don't is driving from like Virginia to New York for a job? 
Well, no, no, no. Right. So obviously, if you're following me all the way from fucking Virginia to New York, then I'm going to look conspicuous. But if you just see me cross over from Virginia to West Virginia, then it's just like, yeah, I live in West Virginia and I park my van at home. But I drove to do a job in Virginia, and mm-hmm. so now I'm going back home. Look, on my way to work every day, I pass by in Queens a uh, somebody's personal driveway that has, I kid you not, six stretch limo Hummers in it. Six stretch limo Hummers in it. Now, I, I don't think those are their personal use Hummers. I think... This person, like, runs the prom service. But again, like, I'm not going to be weirded out if I see that thing on the Triborough wow, Bridge going into the Manhattan. It's an amazing driveway. I, I will post pictures of it on the I think that's got to go on the page. On the podcast, on, on, the, on, the, on the website soon. Absolutely. That will go up. Um, but we're getting, we're getting far off point, which is that you and I are both Wonderlick accomplished. Yeah. We both, in fact, took I the took Wonder the Lick today. I Is that it. correct? That's my first time. And this was your first time taking it. Yeah. So, and I retook the test today because... Is that your second time taking it? So this it? is only my second time taking it. Okay. Uh, first time, everybody knows. Big old dummy in the room. I got a 27. I probably only answered about 29 or 32 questions out of the 50 because I was really taking my time to answer them. Well. But it, having, it wouldn't be the dull crayons if you were properly sharpened. Right. But having taken it once, I began to recognize that the, the, the tactic was you just got to get through it. Oh, yeah. It's about sacrificing everything and racing to the finish line. Question I answered is, is the wrong question. So, so, <laughs> so please, uh, before, before I give my retake, my re-up, I'll give a little drum roll for you here. And then your score, sir. I got a 41. Of a, a 41. I mean, golf claps right there for, for 41. 41 is absolutely terrific. 41, you know, qualifies you yeah, again what can for I be? being a, a chemist, a librarian. I mean, you're you're just shy of like an astrophysicist, I believe. Oh, um, so that's what I was going. For. You know, forty-one is is really good. Um, and, and I again, suppose you can be an astrophysicist. And again, just now. just shy of Julian's forty-three. And I don't oh, even Julian know got Willie, a forty-three. I don't even know what Willie got. Willie got Shit. like a fifty-two or something yeah, on a 50, sure. 50 choice question. Um, but on my own retake, I jumped from twenty-seven points to. 42 points frog jumping David father of the pod frog jumping wife of the pod frog jumping you yourself Malin which just again goes to show you how stupid these fucking standardized tests are they mean absolutely nothing because I know for a fact I am the dumbest of those four people I just named myself my father my wife and my friend Malin so, without question, this test means nothing. Did you I really encourage everybody to go out there and take it and post your yeah, scores? I had a blast. It's fun. No, it's it's fucking fun. Like people who 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 did well in school or who liked school or who I don't know fucking hated school will still feel accomplished taking this thing. Did you get any uh, month of the year questions? I got a. Uh, my first question out was a month of the year question, but it was like, weird. what is the sixth month of the year? No, it wasn't. That I got one. two of those. That's an easy. I got six and eight. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are the six I, and eight months of the year? I did have a few of those. Um, I also had, you know, the ever the ever popular. Um, what's the product of these three numbers? And one of the numbers is zero. And you're like, oh, you almost had me. You almost had me. Nothing. It's zero. I didn't do any multiplication. Oh, you can get mu- multiplication is pretty good on there. But um, yeah, so the Wonderlick, it, it means nothing. But if, if the name should imply anything, it's that it's wonderful and we should all go out there and take it. Um, moving right along, Colin, uh, Malin, you <laughs> dropping the pretense already. Malin, you and I spent the weekend enjoying, uh, some stout beers at a local Harlem, uh, uh, drinking establishment and watching a football game that for the New York football giants went just absolutely terribly. Do you recall this event? Yes. What is this, a deposition? This is not... <laughs> Malin, do you like beer? <laughs> do you ever drink? Do you ever drink to excess? Constantly, all the time. Do you ever black I out? always loved beer. I black out every day. <laughs> my clerks have to haul me off the floor and prop me up in my desk. They just put the gavel in my hand. Do, do you remember the night of September 30th, 2018? Do you remember being at a tavern in Harlem on Fifth Avenue? Yes. <laughs> how far from your house is that? Is it walking distance? Could you have walked home that night? Well, how far is it from your house, <laughs> Gabriel? Yeah, we'll not. Do be you putting, remember being we'll, at a tavern? We'll not be putting that information on air. Um, but no, we watched a football game, and I I can't even tell you why I watch these football games anymore. One, it's not fun at all. Uh, all the you know political nonsense no, around you it. You're a real sourpuss. It's not fun. All the all the fucking head injuries. It's not fucking fun. And then of course the fucking giants who can't get out of their own way. It's not any fun. So Colin, why do you still watch football with me? Well, yeah, I'll preface that by saying I only ever watch football with Gabe. Correct. And I don't know. You know, something about football for me is synonymous in my mind or aligns with an idea of having like a relaxed Sunday where you don't have to do any shit. Yep. Or stay up late or work or do errands or go to school or whatever. I don't know how that popped in my, how that eventually got settled in my mind because honestly watching football, yeah, it can be kind of stressful. Yeah. I, I mean, you and I, you and I never really watched football growing up. It's not something that our parents it's not a family watched. Thing. It's not a family thing. We didn't inherit Which is, I think, teams, how most people get into sport. Which is how most people get into any sport, right, is that it's, it's sort of foisted upon you by your parents, um, by your, uh, usually by your paternal figure, if I may say. Um, and yet we, uh, I, I certainly adopted it later in life and adopted a team, and I think uh, in large part for exactly the reason you're saying that really it was just there was something so routine about it right i've always loved and admired basketball uh especially growing up in new york but the schedule doesn't make any sense to me it's like sometimes you'll play games back to back sometimes you'll go four days without playing a game i can never figure out the Knicks schedule i, I could never predict it it's like it's on a Tuesday, it's on a Wednesday, it's on a Friday, it's on a Saturday. I don't get it. 
But something about football, it's just always there on a Sunday. There's a comfort to the routineness there, of it. There's a regularity to it. And it's, it's, it's why I then transition so easily from football to golf. Because golf, it's the same thing. It's just like... What day oh, of the week just, is golf on? Well, golf is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Tournaments are four days. But, like, you don't watch Thursday and Friday, right. you know? And you really don't even need to watch Saturday because nobody's going to win or lose it on Saturday. You win and lose on Sunday. And so just like golf, you can, you know, plop yourself down on a Sunday and have like four straight hours of, you know, beams just inserted straight through your retinas. And it's just relaxing and enjoyful. Um, And you just drink beer the whole time, obviously, because I like beer. I like beer. I've always liked beer. I like beer now. We're going to be doing that a lot, folks, so get used to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, but as you said, it is stress. Football is stressful too, because I know I want to tear my hair out. There are times where I want to jump for joy. I think that's why you and I enjoy watching the game together because you keep it sort of mellow and and moderated. And then you get to watch a freak just jump around and scream and cry. Yeah. Well, the drop I mean, of the hat. obviously I would love to see the giants win and you know, it's, I mean, how many how many losing seasons have there been now in a row? Um, we did this the other day when they lost. I believe it's got to be six, six seasons straight, possibly seven of five hundred or less. Okay. In which we have there not was made one five hundred. I think there year, was one or two. Which you counted years. as I'm counting a that as season. a lot. Lo- well, I'm 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 actually counting it as a losing season because they didn't make it to the playoffs. I see. Oh, I right. think that the they got knocked out the on a technicality right. or right. some exactly. weird math. Of... Exactly. Um, okay. And like there have been teams who have losing seasons. It's rare, but there have been teams in football who have losing seasons and go to the playoffs. I would count that as a winning season because, frankly, you won your division. Right. right. You beat out all those other fucking losers in your division. Everyone so that's sucked a win. more than you did. Everyone sucked more than you did. That's a win. It's a competition. You only have to beat your opponent. You don't have to win by a majority. You just have to beat your so shitty. We need ass some opponent. shittier opponents, right? I guess so. Yeah, but we're in a we're in we're in a money market, as we would say. So it's a little bit tricky for us. Speaking of money markets, I'd like to segue right there into our next topic, which is um, actually the richest man in the world at this point. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Baldass Bezos. Baldass Bezos. So Baldass Bezos has an idea. Um, it's an idea nobody's ever had before. Um, it's called, I'm going to sell shit for cheap online. No, wait, I made that up. He already had that idea. He has a new idea. His new idea is, I'm rich, so everything I do must be smart. I'm going to fix the one thing nobody else has been able to fix in America education and uh bezos has decided to do it this way this coming to us from uh courts amazon ceo jeff bezos is launching a two billion dollar quote day one fund to help homeless families in the u.s and create a series of innovative preschools in a statement posted on twitter bezos said that he asked for suggestions on where to direct his philanthropy his phil- his philanthropy efforts last year 
and that the day one fund was born out of those conversations. So he, Who, wait, so, he was asking around, what so should I do with stupid. $2 billion? Yeah, he's so fucking stupid. He can't even figure out what to do philanthropically with his money. He's crowdsourcing ideas because he, he's never had an original fucking idea in his life. Yeah, bald ass, come at me. Um, quote, where's the good in the world and how can we spread it? Where are the opportunities to make things better, he wrote. Bezos currently ranks as the world's richest person and has to date been less active in philanthropy than some other top billionaires. The Amazon CEO announced his new organization would be creating a network of new nonprofit tier one preschools in low income communities. I, I really want to say that one again. Tier one preschools in low I'm, income I'm hearing a lot of... I don't know what a tier one preschool is. I'm hearing a lot of tech jargon. I don't know what a tier two preschool is. Preschools aren't tiered. In fact, there's no regulation on them whatsoever. I don't know what that... Like, there's no ranking. There's no anything on preschools because you can have profit preschools. You can have public preschools. You can have, like, preschools that go into K, into, into K through 12. I don't know what the fuck that means, but wait, the next part intrigues me. These preschools will be inspired by the Montessori school motto, model, a child-centered educational method that relies on scientific observations of children from birth to adulthood. The Montessori model has been shown to be beneficial for children's cognitive and social skills and helpful in developing kids' early literacy and mathematics skills. Did I ever tell you I got kicked out of a Montessori school? <laughs> you you tell me that as though I don't already know that story and have heard it 50 times. But wait, before we get to that story, yes, you did. You got kicked out of a fucking Montessori school. <laughs> as if that were possible. And I hated Montessori schools before I knew that you got kicked out of one as a child. But I, I again, I, uh, let me just preface all this by saying Montessori sucks my ass. I fucking hate them. I think they're really stupid and antiquated. And the idea that we're going to, you know, we're, we're still holding them up as the gold standard when well, it's scientific. I know it's scientific. It's scientific. Do we know when Montessori existed? Montessori was in like 1926. Like no, these things it is... are so scientifically dated is what they are. And there's just stop. Stop doing it. Stop being Montessori. Stop being... No, but it's, it's not uh, my Montessori. It's instead of the colored blocks or whatever stop wooden being, shapes, they're, those preschoolers are going to be on computers, quote-unquote, coding when what they're really going to be doing... Oh, because they're going to be tech. They, they're going to have great tech. They're going to have tech. They're going to have great tech. But they're going to be does Amazon molded. They're going to be little Amazon shoppers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Little consumers. Um. But wait, uh, stop being Montessori. All schools out there, if you're a school administrator, listen up. Stop being Montessori. It's done. Stop being Reggio Emilia. It's done. Maybe you can be international baccalaureate. I hear that shit's going strong after 50 years. These other things are more than 50 years old. They're 70 to 100 years old, and they're dead. Stop doing it. They're fucking corpses. But all of that is preface to say, you went to a Montessori preschool. 
I did. Your Montessori Westside preschool Montessori. didn't agree with you, and you didn't agree with them. And as a result, no you were booted. Tell us about that. Well, I wouldn't play with the blocks in... They have like special blocks. Now, when you right? say the blocks, let's go into this. So the blocks, there are like there are. the capital T, capital B, the blocks. There's well, like there are special two... Montessori toys. In in the world of education, there are two blocks. There are the Montessori blocks that you're speaking of, and there and are the Carolyn Pratt building unit blocks. blocks, which right we think of as building blocks. They're wooden blocks. They're big. Some of them are as big as a child, and they come in come very different shapes. specific shapes. Right. Now, the Montessori blocks are table blocks, and you only use them on a table. A special table. And it's a special table. Is right. that the table that has holes cut in it? I believe or... so, yes. Okay, I'm, this is coming back. Um, it's a special table with table blocks, and it's a lot of stacking is what it you're looks like. You're only allowed to use the blocks on the special you're table. You're sort of only allowed to stack on the table while you're sitting in a chair. Not standing up a special next to the Montessori table. chair. Yeah. It's all very specialized. Yeah. Well, I was using one block as another. You can probably guess in which direction. And I guess that about sums up my attitude towards Montessori. And that also the resulting booting sums up Montessori's attitude towards me. Right. They didn't want me building with their shit. Right. So then you found a school... And this was preschool, right? This was preschool. Yeah. Yeah, pre-K. Was. Yeah, pre-K. It was pre-K, right. Is that the same thing? Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, then you found a school that supported your building and was okay oh, yeah. with the creative nature of it. I went to Bank Street. <laughs> you went to the most progressive place on the planet Earth. Um, they who- had like whole who, dumpsters full of unit blocks who frankly would have encouraged you to take your unit blocks and use them as a cell phone even though this was you know the 1990s who we'll use who them as a car phone use them as a car phone who would have encouraged you to call willie up uh to like pretend eating with your blocks i mean you could have done you could have combed your hair with the blocks and they would have been okay um so yeah montessori is the worst of the worst. Not only are they not beneficial to cognitive and social skills, as this one is talking about, um, but they're they're basically education Nazis. Let's just put it out there. They're wow. education Nazis. So Bezos is so unoriginal. He not only can't think of how to spend his money, he can't come up with an education system that's different in any way, even though LeBron James can figure out like how to innovate in education. And he's uh, aligned himself with the education Nazis, as we're now referring to them. I, I just, I'm, I'm baffled by this. I, I'm baffled as to why he thinks that it wouldn't be more beneficial, frankly, to just give his money to public schools, right? You, you, got, you, got, you got LeBron James making his own schools. You got Chance the Rapper giving money to Chicago public schools. Just like, here, take money. Do whatever you want with don't it. Don't forget in about fact, um, Facebook guy. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about Zucks. I don't want to talk right about now. New. New I don't want to talk about Zucks right now. That was but, a shitload but you of know money. What else, but you know who else I want to talk about? I want to talk about Drake because you've also got Drake out there who's just buying people's shopping carts, right? Going into supermarkets, right, a la his God's Plan video, and just saying, "Hey, you know what? I got you. 
I got your shopping cart. So you know what? Here's, a, here's, here's my call to arms. Here's my call to Bezos, bald ass Bezos. Don't even do this. Don't spend, don't waste your money making new schools. Schools are out there. Schools exist. Preschools exist. Schools exist. Don't make a new thing. Go buy every school's shopping cart. Hell, you have a website with shopping carts, right? Let That's every true. school in America or, or whatever, pick a district. I don't care. Pick your own fucking districts. Pick a district, say, fill up your shopping cart, and I got you. I got you. So that we don't have kids bringing fucking toilet paper to school, which is basically what every public school in America is doing. Having kids bringing cleaning supplies and toilet paper. And it's fucking ridiculous. Buy the shopping carts, Bezos. Don't open these fucking schools. Yeah, well, I think uh, that is an idea. And I think... <laughs> you think he's going to listen? Um... I don't think Jeff Bezos is going to give free shit to anyone. He's going to open up a school marketplace. I bet that it's going to be like the Amazon oh God. of schooling. You go on there, different schools are up there. They're competing for students. That sounds so right. But Amazon is secretly undermining them and undercutting them. Well, you know, there are, there like are, they do with the, their whole marketplace. There are, there are these like, they're education... going to techify, they're going to techify preschool. There, there are these like, uh, these like Skype tutoring websites that you can be on as a teacher, right? And you can mm -hmm. basically like Skype a kid somewhere in, in Shanghai, right? And, and tutor them in English or tutor them in this or that, right? And you get paid by the hour for it. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. But I've been hearing about it from other teachers. I could see that being the marketplace, right? The marketplace is like, I'm selling... Don't even need school. I'm selling two hours, you know... And and look at, be day, it's gonna be look at my ratings. It's gonna be ratings. I've got I've got it's you know four point nine eight ratings on on my lessons. That's right. It's gonna be daycare with kids sitting in front of laptops getting Skype lessons from the highest bidder. I don't like this. This is so dark. <laughs> it's freaking me out. I don't want to be giving any of these villains ideas. Not that I want to keep it and like make money off. You think I, Amazon I just, doesn't have the ideas already? Sickening. You know oh, they're way ahead of us. God, they must be. Um. Listen, you know... But speaking of just handing out shopping carts full of yes, shit yes. to schools and getting more money in this sort of orbit and aura... Let's talk. I had some other homework, aside from Jeff Bezos, that's basically arguing that it's not the school. It's the money surrounding the school. It's not the school. It is It is absolutely the money. And that's a great segue. So I you're, think that's your idea. A, you're becoming a professional podcaster right well, here in I your listen to the podcast. Episode. I know so, how it works. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, so yes, we we have a major breakthrough study. I I can't overstate how important this study and its results are going to be. Now, is this news? No, we've known this all the time. But what I'm about to read, I I, I, I do a lot of speculating and a lot of like you know a lot of opinion, uh, having witnessed most of these things firsthand on the podcast. This is not that. These are fucking numbers, okay? This is coming from Maureen Downey at uh, My AJC. That's the Atlantic Journal Constitution. Is that a newspaper? I don't know what, what it is. What is the source? It doesn't matter, but the the study it doesn't matter. Well, the source doesn't matter because the study is How the study. How do you say that they, in twenty eighteen? They didn't do the study, so Who that's why. Who did the why, study? Who did the study? Uh, the study is in here. We're gonna hear who did the study in here. Okay, um, but 
But you say the the result is foregone conclusion. Should be obvious. Correct. What is the result? The so schools doesn't matter. The result the is type that of school doesn't matter. Type of school, frankly, where you go to school at all doesn't matter. None of it matters. That's what the what matters? Well, I'm gonna read this. Let me let me read from the from the article here. I like the way Maureen writes it. Don't don't fuck with me on Maureen, okay? Maureen Downey. I want to call her Maureen Dowd, but she's not. I know. I did a double take. In advocating tax dollars for private schools, U.S. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, who's going to come up a lot in this episode, criticized public schools in America as a dead end. A new major study suggests the private school edge is an illusion and family factors rather than school factors determine student outcomes. Quote, what the study indicates really clearly is that if kids go to public school or private school, they end up in about the same place once you consider their family income and background. That is crystal clear, end quote, said author Robert Pianta, dean of the Curry School of Education, Novartis U.S. Foundation Professor of Education, Professor of Psychology, and founding director of the Center for Advanced Study of Teaching and Learning at the University of Virginia. So that's who did the okay, study. Okay, wait. Isn't Novartis a gigantic uh, pharmaceutical company? Probably. I mean, where do you think they get the money for I'm these things? I'm just pointing that out. Yeah, okay, fine. Well, he's not pumping drugs in this article yet, or at <laughs> least in this study. Um, okay, the article continues. Georgia parents paying... Tw- I don't know why they use Georgia parents. I guess maybe they're from Georgia. It says Georgia parents paying $25,000 a year for private school probably don't want to believe their children would likely show similar attainment had they attended the public high school down the road. But Pianta said the findings highlight the overarching influence of the home environment on student performance. Quote, if you want to forecast children's achievement outcomes, the best predictor is family income, regardless of the high school they go to, public or private, he said. It is the family factors that carry the day. I mean, that couldn't be clearer. Well, I don't know about that. Okay, go on. I, when I was reading this article... I made a couple notes, and what this study doesn't account for is for the benefits for your child of just being around tons of wealth. Okay. And having the support of everyone else. Okay. It's like so it's like a circle of the wagons mentality. Okay. That so, that the twenty five thousand dollars is like your admission ticket to a private club. So it doesn't me- matter about the school. It's just I think that's what the private school mentality is when there's a concentration of wealth. Everyone inside the circle benefits. So let me start off by by describing what I believe Pianta and the study are declaring. And then I'll try to capture what you're saying, which I totally agree with, too. So what the study shows is that you can have a child whose parents earn $500,000 a year. That's just a, you know, that's, you know, we're going to use that on the high end, right? Obviously, parents can earn higher, but let's say total income in the household is $500,000 a year. Whether or not they send their child to public school or private school, their child is going to do better than child B, whose parents make $48,000 a year. Whether or not child B's parents send them to public school or private school. That it's totally arbitrary which school these children will go to. The simple fact that one's parents make uh, 10 times as much money 
as the others will be sure when money's on objects you got the tutors you got the extracurriculars you got all the junk there's no limit to what all the stuff you can throw at your child but 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 even but even even ignoring i think i think the other thing that the study to me is saying that goes beyond even that the the amount of money that you can chuck at the kid is the simple fact that when when money isn't an object and i'm not saying no object but when money isn't a concern when when a family is not living paycheck to paycheck or meal to meal or hand to mouth they're better able they're they're not living under the stress of financial constraints and so they're simply able to grow right and to foster each other and that you know the the parents who make an ample salary are able to stay on their child about making them a better person about reading to them at night about working through their homework with them working through problems with them well i don't know what income has to do with reading to your child at night but in uh, my in, if because if you have if you're if you're working two jobs you're working if you're nights, working two jobs you're okay. working nights if you're a single parent and you have to make dinner for the kids because you don't have any help well you're comparing extremes here what about I'm, the difference between a family making 60k a year and a family making 85k a year say you know just narrow it down a little bit yeah what about them i think that i don't the, know i'd I like to largely... know if, i'd like to know if the study is is just comparing atlanta's apparently atlanta's right. wealthiest residents to atlanta's right. poorest residents right when i think there are more va- variables there are there are and i think you brought up an interesting variable that i i do think is of value which is that even even i i think i think the valuable variable here is that uh the the study in my mind works best in the in the reverse model right in the in the student whose parents make ample salary and go to a public school they're still going to do fine but i think the reverse case of the child whose parents do not make an ample salary maybe they get into a private school on scholarship to your point they're actually going to outperform their other self that would have gone to public school simply by being around wealth simply by being around affluence and it won't matter the school i think so it's yeah. not the school I, but and you and i are agreed it's here, a I culture think. it's the culture it's That's not right. that the teachers are better there it's not that the education is different hey guess what well that two brings plus me two to my is second two plus point. two in both schools that brings me to my second point i wrote down in my notebook go ahead there's no denying that school in America is as much a social construct as it is a pedagogical There's, one. Not only is there no denying it, I look at high school only as a social construct. There's almost no academic... Think of the fact that to high me, school. There's nothing academic about high school. Think of the fact school. that high school it's only is social. Is it's a just trope a prison in Hollywood movies. Right, right. Why is that? Why are all our movies and, and it's TV a very shows specific, about high schools and prisons? It's prison? a specific high school. <laughs> yeah. Like because the social dynamics there are so fascinating, right? You know, you know, I, I one of the best, you know, cinematic moments in the last two decades is in Mean Girls when when Lindsay Lohan begins going to public high school after being homeschooled in Africa and 
she views the whole thing. She even views the mall later on as like a zoological uh, examination, right? Right, as like a, there's a, the a, fake out scenes where they're, they're yeah, acting like where they're acting baboons like or cheetahs animals, or whatever, right? Yeah. Right, at the watering hole and shit, like because that's really what it is. It's just let's force them all together and just sort of see what the fuck happens. I mean, it's a psychological experiment more than it is an actual form of education. Right. So I would say what this article is not saying is that there are tangible benefits to just being around wealth at that time in your life. Agreed. Agreed. That, you know, go beyond networking because the obvious one is going to be that people are going to say it's networking, right? That's, that's, the, that's the deciding factor in your level of success later on. Sure. Who you know. But it's Which is important, definitely. But right, what we're saying is also just like, yo, the money just brushes off, you know? Like, it all just, it all brushes off on everybody, right? If you're amount, around the money, you're going to be sort of brought up by it. But the reverse is not true. If you're in the public school, but you've still got the money, well, then frankly, yeah, maybe it's sort of brushing off you. And brushing onto other people around exactly. you, you might be bringing up the goes rest of one your way. class, right? Look, I think I think it's something we've always known. It's just been the dirty little secret in American education. Um, but, but why is this breaking news if it again, everyone it's not knows breaking it? News. I think I think because uh, it's so obvious. I think because to have a study that actually you know looks in on this and in a longitudinal way i see so now um, it's peer-reviewed word of god yeah peer-reviewed exactly um and i i i do also think it's of note too because of um our current secretary of education's uh enamoredness with uh vouchers and with school choice and what this article is basically saying is fuck school choice actually choice don't matter what matters is what socioeconomic state you're born into, you know, what your privilege looks like. That's what matters. And it matters top to bottom. It matters in your opportunities, but it also matters just in how you will be educated. Hmm. All right. We're going to pause there. When we come back, we promise much more fun in the fun half, including snack report. Is the second half always the fun half? It's not always the fun half, but, but it's generally more. But fun. when when our opening halves are as deep as this one is, we like to kick it fun on the second. All right, um, kick it fun. I guess we can only go up from here. Uh, so we'll be back with the snack report, more from the Devos camp, um, and a trip international. More on the other side. Cran box. We are in for the snack report. This is again Malin's first ever snack report, and he has dunked his head, as co-hosts are wont to do, into the snack bag, 
and produced for us a trifecta of snacks today. It's a three-way oh, snack report. It's a three-way snack report. Gotta love your three ways, man. Like, you remember, you remember You Don't Know Jack. Yeah. You Don't Know Jack, one of the greatest, greatest video games of all time. It was a trivia game. More of a computer It was game. a computer game. I seem game. to recall it was. playing no, it, was, it on, like, com- an ancient like compact or something. I misspoke. That's totally fair. It was a computer game. A big it was a box monitor. Game. It was fantastic. They had a three-way in the game. It was hysterical. Yeah, it was basically trivia with funny voices. It was trivia with funny voices and like occasionally like, you know, graphic uh, scenes on, you know, like just weird shit. Um, screams, whatever. Debauchery. Back to the point. Colin has picked us a three-way of snacks all Wait, what from is, you the know, brand. What does You Don't Know Jack have to do with trifectas? Because they had a three-way in it. They, they, there, would be, there, would be, uh, uh, um, there would be a question, right? Typically, there were four players in You Don't Know Jack, but then there would be something called a three-way where, um, where it would be like a sorting game. Where you would pick, is this a type of dog, a type of apple, or both, or something. And then, like, as as answers flashed on the board, you would have to answer, is it a type of dog, a type of apple, or both? Oh. And yes, like there that. are a lot of apple and dog crossovers, so that's why I chose those two as examples. I, I, you know. Got like, any crisp? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Corgan. I don't know. I made one up. Um, it's like a corgi and a... Wait, that sounds fun. Is, know. Does You yeah. Don't Know Jack still exist? Are they you, know to, like, it, you Don't Know Jack Volume 40? You Don't Know Jack existed on the Xbox at one point in a, in a downloadable version. Um, so, I mean, somebody somebody's still out there doing it. It had a great voice, too. Uh, I believe the host was like Skippy or somebody. Is that wasn't remember. Jack? No, it wasn't Jack. It wasn't Jack because you don't know Jack. It's I see. like, you know... He not there. Um, you got to find him. It was like a Carmen Sandiego thing. I don't know. But anyway, we're on to Doritos today. And these are Doritos. It's a Doritos with, trifecta. These are Doritos, I, I must say, with sort of a Southwestern flair, perhaps because they come to us from the bunker. This is a, a shipment. These are imported. Shipment direct from Parents of the Pod uh, coming from the bunker in uh, Southwest America, Colorado, USA. And, um, Colin, do you want to tell us the names of the three of these? Sure. So we have Doritos Toasted Corn Flavor. We have Doritos Tortilla Chips Taco Flavor. And then we have Doritos Tapatio Salsa Picante Flavor. Okay. And that, and that one is brand branded specific. With right. Tapatio Hot Sauce. branded by the Tapatio Hot Sauce. You know, the right. one with the creepy guy with a mustache. So let's, let's start with the Tapatio. Um, okay. Your thoughts on this one? Because, you know, we've, we've had hot Doritos before. We know what hot Doritos are like. So yeah. when I look at a bag like this, I'm expecting to get, like, really unique Tapatio flavor, very specific to the brand. What do you get? Well, first of all, I don't personally think Tapatio is a particularly unique hot sauce right no, off the not. bat. So what do I get? I smell it. it smells vinegary. Like hot sauce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I open the bag. I try it. Like a peppery or a cayenne hot sauce. Yep. Classic Dorito crunch. Yeah. And it it tastes like the hot sauce. That is to say, it tastes a bit spicy. 
but not much else. What okay. do you think, Gabe? So are, are you buying this again? No. I'm going to buy regular Doritos and put my own hot sauce on them. Yeah, or I'm going to buy other hot Doritos. Like, there are those, like, lava Doritos or whatever. Like, I mean, unless Doritos and Tapatio have some sort of, like, you know, one hand washes the other deal, I'm not really sure why they went to this extent. Um, oh, they're probably owned by the same company. They're probably owned by the same company, but it, it just feels like a branding failure because yeah. it's not... It's not going to earn them anything. Nobody's going to be won over by this. Nobody's going to go through the store and say like, oh my God, Tapatio is on Doritos now. No, that's not the way it works. Yeah. Well, um, honestly, if I go into a burrito joint idiotic. and I see Tapatio on the table, I'm feeling a little bummed. So I'm biased. <laughs> you know, I'd much rather see Cholula, Frank's, or right. uh, Valentina. Okay. Oh, well, you're not going to see Valentina on there, but yeah. Well, in my dreams, Keep I Keep wishing. Yeah. All right. On to the taco flavor. These are Doritos, tortilla chips, taco flavor. Right. Now, I so love the bag. Can you describe the bag for us on this one? So it's it's like a throwback or something. Yo, it's so vintage, the, retro. The Doritos logo looks like it stepped out of like 1968 or something. It's got this sort of goofy looking Brady Bunch type font. With the, you know, block coloring. Honestly, I could see like Fred Flintstone like doing an advertisement for these or something. Yeah, or, like you said, it could be in an episode of the Brady Bunch. It's really and, and not only is it Doritos, funky. it's Doritos tortilla chips. Like they have to make a distinction that these are tortilla chips. Like I guess they made that distinction at some point when America didn't know what tortilla chips were. Yeah, I I want to say maybe like. Once Tostitos like hit it big, uh, especially after Hint of Lime, that Doritos wanted to like rebrand as not like with the potato chips and all that I other see. shit. Like okay. we're a tortilla chip. You can also use us for like tortilla things. Right. Um, so Doritos tortilla chips, taco flavor. I wonder if they have other flavors of these vintage Doritos. And then at the bottom, in the in the government lettering it says flavored tortilla chips right so i'm gonna eat one now all right your thoughts on this chewing now i i like this thing i i think it's i get a little bit of taco flavor i, I mean i don't know what taco flavor yeah, is what is and, taco flavor i'm not even a meat eater anymore and presumably so it's beef I, presumably yes I think of taco flavor as whatever a taco tastes like. Well, when there you, is MSG When you here, put it so in the yeah, hard shell that you get at home, right? When you put it in the hard shell as a kid. Yeah. And you salt sprinkle and fake fat. cheese on it. And there's like, you know, a greasy beef, ground beef in it. And that that's yeah. what I think of. I, I think of that. So basically it's just a Dorito with slightly less flavor than you're used to. I guess, but I want a different flavor because Doritos Cause are. It's not, it's not exactly what, dusted. Just a cheese flavor. My fingers aren't turning be, orange. No, they're not dusted, right? And and the the even the the coloring is a little bit dimmer, um, or duller. Because well, they're we Doritos tortilla here. chips. I guess they're so. not regular Doritos. So I don't know. You said earlier that maybe they were like sort of like a cooler ranch, but kind of like light. Like they had some ranchiness. It's cool ranch. It's cool ranch. Well, it's cooler. It's cool. It's, it's, it's lukewarm everything. ranch. It's not coolest ranch. Yeah, it's like no. We're we're all still waiting for that. We're not ready for that. Chill ranch. I don't know. Chill ranch. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Netflix and chill ranch. Um, 
And now onto our last one, which I was very excited about because it comes in a similar packaging to the Doritos Blaze, which are the lava hot ones. And I thought, my toasted corn, it just sounds so artisanal. Doritos toasted corn. Yeah, Doritos toasted corn. And yet, when we bite into this thing, we notice... It's like the dollar store version of Tostitos. It is a completely flavorless Dorito chip. It's an awful tortilla chip. And it's, it's thin. Though, They're thin, too. It's as though somebody pre-licked all the flavor off your Dorito for you and then put it back in the bag. They did this for every single chip, then put them in a bag, then sealed it up and sold it to you for money. I mean, it's brilliant because they're just the Doritos base without the powder. And they're selling that so shit it's, to you. So it's cheaper. <laughs> they don't have to put any powder in it's that bag. It's cheaper. It's totally rebranded. And and it's toasted corn flavored tortilla but, chips. But my question is still, at the end of the day, why? Because nobody's going to buy more than one bag of this. They'll buy one bag. Everybody, everybody in America will buy exactly one bag of this and then post online how much they hated it. How many people are posting and, online about Doritos? Or, or, or they'll just never post online I mean, I hope that's you And just never buy website. it again, right? They'll, just, they'll either post about it and other people will learn from that or they won't. Well, maybe this is a niche product for the hardcore Doritos fans out there who, when they know that, I don't know, their friends are coming over that want to have guac or whatever, mm. you know, they're fancy friends. They, they just can't really get on board oh, with the cool ranching. I, they yes. need to get a tortilla yes. chip because, I don't You're know, right. grandma's coming over and she'll look down on you if you You're give her right. cooler ranch. You're right. So this is exactly buy the that. reason this exists. This is exactly the reason it exists. It's to dupe your bougie friends when they come over into thinking you bought high-end tortilla chips, right? Because they come right. over with their fancy dip and they think Honestly, you bought a tortilla you chip bought is Tostitos, just a, is a tortilla chip. You bought the like blue corn or you bought this and instead you you right. hide the bag, you throw the bag out and then at the end of the night you're like, "Hey, what up bitches? Y'all been eating Doritos all night." <laughs> tortilla chips do just have three ingredients. Corn, oil, and salt. And that is Surprisingly, I was surprised. I flipped this over. This is a Doritos bag. You know, the front looks like totally extreme. It looks like there's flames popping out of this thing. It's I expect so, Tony Hawk to be coming out of this Because when thing. you flip a Doritos bag over, there's like six paragraphs of ingredients. Yes. It's like a, it's like a passage from Moby yes. Dick. You can't even read through it. Yeah. But here, it's just corn, vegetable, of, oil, and I salt. I think of it more like the Bible because uh, it, it, it almost has to come in two columns. Right, that's how many ingredients right. there are running next to parallel to the terrible saturated fat quotient in the nutritional information. I see. So when we're quoting the, <laughs> the Doritos ingredients, we say so in as, ra- in, as in ranches six seventeen <laughs> monosodium glutamate and diphenhydramine or whatever. <laughs> and Nabisco said the firmament was good. I think diphenhydramine is actually Benadryl. Would you would you have Benadryl Doritos? I would I would eat so many Benadryl Doritos. It's not even funny. How can you ask me a question like that? In fact, later on, 
when we're done recording this and you leave, I'm probably You're just going to crush cover. up some Benadryl. <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably just going to like pour cold syrup over these Doritos mm. and just eat it that way, you know, as a, a little uh, uh, Nyquil and Doritos, <laughs> Nyquil and Doritos and Nyquil chill. flavor. Um, so look, Doritos, you're doing too much as usual. You fucking suck. Get your act together and just keep it spicy. Uh, speaking of keeping it spicy, so now Malin is going to bring us a report. This is firsthand journalism, folks, from overseas. Malin. Right. Well, as the Cranbox's foreign correspondent in Central Europe, I undertook an investigative undercover journalism expose. This was one of those hidden camera in the handbag kind of deals. It was Malin in a sundress walking around yeah. with a little clutch and a camera in there. A great handbag. Yeah. Got a lot of compliments. <laughs> Chanel. <laughs> you know, I might be a Chanel girl. I, I, uh, here's, here's my thing is, is I, I love the audacity of Mark by Mark Jacobs. And, and, you know, I, I, I think that the, the branding is so solid, but I was always a little offended by it, but I think I'd probably be a Mark by Mark guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause it's so bold. I don't know. I don't know. I'm more of a classicist. Boring. It's boring ass shit. And I, I, I gotta say, I fucking hate those Bloomingdale bags that say the little brown bag, like all oh. that fucking old yeah, but Bloomingdale's 50s, 40s shit that they came out with. Come on. Bloomingdale's is gauche, man. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Oh, if you're not oh, shopping thought, at Bergdorf, you're just garbage. I thought Bloomingdale's was fetch. No. Oh. I, I'm totally misinformed. If you're like a dyed-in-the-wool, blue-blood, frosty old lady from the Upper East Side, you were getting personally dressed the by professional shoppers gotcha. on like right. the thirteenth floor right. of Bergdorf. Of Bergdorf, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing I actually ever bought from Bloomingdale's was my wedding suit. Um, so now I'm I'm I I felt a oh, little. Oh well, when it comes to men, all bets are off. Right, yeah, right, right. Because I felt a little like, a, a little too classy doing that. But now that I hear it's gauche, I, I feel brought back down to earth. And well, I'm, men I'm just get sent to the that. dungeon as yes, soon as you walk into the any department yes, store. Exactly. Yes. Yep. It was three it's escalators down yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and in the corner. Yeah. I, but yeah, I felt behind like I was going the into pet a rat hole. Yeah. Um, but back to our our international discussion. Right. So the international expose. So. Yeah, I studied German language mm -hmm. over the summer. I was in Germany um, living with my partner. She is German. And uh, in an effort to not be quite the typical American douchebag, I decided to try to learn the language, get into it more, really you know, live there as much as I could, right. buy my cheese and beer right. auf Deutsch. So I signed up for a class with a German language school, the Goethe Institute, named after the fine German author. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I basically went to kindergarten from 8.30 to 1, five days a week, and it was awesome. It sounds awesome. Yeah. It, it sounds totally great. Uh, lots of worksheets, I understand. Yeah, worksheets, yeah, handouts, worksheets. Yeah, homework. Oh, fantastic. Like... Uh, Page 13 
section 5A and B, but not C. C right. is a little too right. hard. And so what I understand from this too, and what part of why I think it, it, it sounds like you had such a good time and why many of our listeners would have such a good time is because English being a Germanic language, the 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 translation is just super simple right from sentence structure from one to the other there's not a lot of overly complicated uh no it's not overly complicated future tenses to compete with well presumably there is future tense but i definitely don't know it right <laughs> because i'm a kindergartner <laughs> right, do, right. Ki- do kindergartners have any concept of the future gabe uh, my kindergartners don't know what the weekend is yet Okay. They yeah. they ask me every single day if there's school tomorrow, and they're constantly disappointed when I say yes because it's like Tuesday. Oh, because they they just brutal. don't know when when school is and when it's school like is yes and like four times yes. Yeah, it's just get it's, used to it. Buddy. It's pretty tricky. Um, but I'm also not a big proponent of like hammering the calendar in early because I think. They're just they're just also not ready to understand temporal concepts like that just yet. So I think like going over uh, tomorrow will be and yesterday was is like you might as well just be beating your head against a fucking wall because you're just going to be repeating yourself for no reason for like six months. I'll get to it in February. Like, All right. February. They can figure that shit out. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, so my, yeah, you, my you were working on German, colors. colors. So if, if I'm going off my kindergarten experience, then you were going on colors, shapes, uh, food items. Food, yeah. Uh, yeah, food is big. Um, you know, a few subjects, a few verbs, you know. Household to, items. To walk, to clean. Yeah, uh, basic yeah. verbs. Right, household All items, basic, definitely. regular verbs. A few locations, right? Park, street. Yes. <laughs> yeah, house. <laughs> factory <laughs> yeah uh, yeah um but it, yeah it was awesome i love being in kindergarten again and this is having recently graduated from a professional master's degree <laughs> and immediately going to kindergarten <laughs> gabe i cannot tell you how awesome it was yeah yeah well we had not one but two breaks in our half day of school oh god one recess. at ten thirty and one at twelve fifteen. recess Kickball. German kickball. Yeah. Well, instead of German kickball, it was coffee and cigarettes. Ah, coffee and cigarettes, of course. Yeah, you, yes. This is Europe. In, yeah. In in summertime, right? This, so it's this in the summertime. Like Sitting on the patio. Yeah. This is like beautiful, uh, like fucking sound of music setting and people just outside drinking copious amounts of coffee and yeah smoke, standing around smoking, and listening to the italian and ukrainian smoking, guys talk uh, about all the women Danish and then cigarettes. yeah right and then inhaling all the <laughs> volumes of smoke and then yeah and 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 quoting from what was it gertrude goethe 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 Ger- yeah. Yeah, yeah gertrude goethe and klaus and all those you know ancient fucks um, terrific. I, it, it sounds like a great experience, but you yeah. learned, you learned more than just what, uh, about the German education system in your own, uh, continuing ed program. You also found out a little bit for us about real German the, school. the actual school system in Germany. Right. Because whereas it might be a total mindfuck for you to teach your students about actual school, mm-hmm. you know. For my kindergarten class, we're actually all like 30, so we can handle it. So our teacher told us 
you know, as part of the curriculum, like what is German school like? How does it work? How does, you know, the subtext being like, how is Germany so awesome? And how do all your other countries suck so bad? Right. And so, you know, I, I learned a bit, a thing or two about German grade school and that it is in fact heavily tracked starting after the fourth grade. And so as soon as your teacher told you that, she then sent five of her students to one side of the room and didn't speak to them for the rest of the lesson. Yeah, that, it's like basically... Right. She was like, I'm telling you that we track things just so that you understand what I'm about to do next. Yeah, right. And like Fabio, Serge, and, you know, Yokiko, please they were all sent walk to the over to the basement. <laughs> You're going to be a construction worker, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, if I remember, you you were in class 1A, but then they they were suddenly sent to uh, a class with no no nomenclature, no no name whatsoever. It's just sort of like asterisk asterisk class. Yeah, yeah we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't the, them who shall not be named. Yeah, it's actually it it reminds me a lot of the Indian caste system. They're the untouchable ones. Yeah, so. Yeah, we've got Brahmins and Untouchables <laughs> and whatever's in the middle. Right, right. Just everything. Yeah. yeah. What a- Everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the people in the middle are just the people that are going to go around the carousel of reincarnation again. And, right, know, until they come end back, up in one Probably come back as themselves, right, until they get it right next time. Right, right, right. Better, um, know, better but, luck next time. But t- so tell us about the actual uh, tracking system starting in what age did you say? Starting, well, starting in fourth grade. Fourth grade, right. So fourth grade. So fourth grade, there first would be a to fourth grade. System. First to fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, it's gen- this is Germany, so kindergarten is a big thing. Everyone does kindergarten. Right. Of course, which I don't believe you have to do in the United States. I mean, at this point, I think. Is it required? Yeah, I think at this point, kindergarten is, is the new standard uh, zero year. In every state? Yeah. Okay, but that wasn't always that the case. That wasn't always the case. Absolutely not. All right, all right. So you do kindergarten. That's whatever, you know. I guess they invented it, so it's probably better than ours in mm-hmm. some way. And then then you go first through fourth. That's, you Gen know. Pop. Everybody's yeah, Gen Pop together. called Grundschule. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like the base level. General Everyone's school. together, and you get grades. Like first graders getting grades. It's point system it's huge it's out of five one's the best five is you're a fucking moron oh i like it and okay. it's and it's a decimal system so you can get a 1.7 or a two okay. point you know gotcha um so it's a bit more refined than the a through f system but it's basically the same you know i i i, I like the idea of one being the best although it's confusing it's a little bit confusing to me because then also we don't have a zero no. So like, that's that's weird, right? Because then, because theoretically, if if one point five is worse than one, then shouldn't point five be better than one? But I'm I'm getting away yeah. from myself because really, I what can, I want I them to I think you have, can go below one. Actually. You can go below. That's like an honors thing. Or that's something. like when you're. That's, your, like, that's like when your GPA is right. Like when your GPA 4.2. is four point two because of weighted yeah. classes, right? Right, right? Um, but really, what I think I want them to have is more of an olympic system because if you're gonna go with with decimals and like with hundredths places then you might as well be giving kids like a 7.38 out of of 10 10. (laughs) i i think you know and i i I think 
that I think they would understand that. You know, it's it's very metric, right? It's a base mm-hmm. ten system, yeah. like you know. Anyway, but go on. So you're so you're graded one through five in in one grades five. one through four, and then based on those grades, based on those grades. So not a standardized test, but based on it's your based grades, on grades. It's based on grades. I think for the most part, plus teachers' comments, and I think there's some way that parents can attempt to influence this okay. momentous decision. Because okay. like here in America, and we've talked about this before, uh, parents can influence things like uh, private school admissions by getting a, a Supreme Court justice or the Dalai Lama to write letters on their children's behalf, even if they've never mm. met those kids right. in their recommendations. lives. Is that, yeah, recommendations. Is that is that a thing that you think? I don't think they so. Would be, yeah, I didn't think so either. Right, that doesn't sound, first of all, it doesn't sound um, equitable. Um, and nor does it sound yeah. efficient. So it doesn't sound German. It doesn't sound German. <laughs> it's very by the books. And it's so basically it's your grades. If you okay. have if you have shitty grades, you know, you're going to end up tracked accordingly. Right. Right. If you have great ga- grades, you know, nice right. job, Johnny. You're going to g- gymnasium. Right. So let's talk about the three systems right. then in once you are tracked. Right. So you got gymnasium. Okay. Which we would call gym class right that's that's the best one and that's, that's the, the one best. you want to be in that's a one that's like what we would think of as like normal high school like where you're learning english economics french two like you're learning two languages sciences and uh literature okay right? so that's, that's like so so that's really interesting because you're you're telling me this is the best these are the best and the brightest but then you're also saying they're only going to normal high school. So, well, I think it's, it's, we were talking about, you know, school being a, a social construct. Right. And in America, we have this like social idea of what high school is. Right. Like the basic, totally platonic idea so of then, high school. It's like most resembling that. Right. So then, so then, even though most American high schools are not that, I would say, they're okay. not like hunky dory, like everyone's learning like Latin and French. No. And, right. But, right. And there's there's sort of but that's of, what you see in the movies. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is this is the uh, the Breakfast Club version of mm-hmm. normal high school. Okay, great. So then, what you're saying is, instead of what what we would think of over here as like, oh, you're you're in the special class, you you are going to be learning more advanced things. They're learning normal things. So then, surely, what you're saying is, if you're not in gymnasium, you're learning less than normal things. Well, you're learning. You're learning less than what we accept things. as the standard. You're learning vocational things. Oh, yeah. Oh, so these again, going with our going with our Breakfast Club John Hughes style analogy, then these people who are not shop in gymnasium class. are in shop class and metal class and auto class. I mean, not in like fifth grade, but that's where they're going to end up. Oh. Yeah, fast and, or like home ec even. Yeah. I mean, like, so th- so there's two other schools. There's Regelschule, which is like the middle one, and okay. Oh, sorry, Regelschule is like the grouping of, of both of what I'm about to. Oh tell yeah, you. yeah. That, yeah. Okay. There's two. So there's two. two and like, th- these are like the other ones. Right. Not gymnasium. Gymnasium is like normal academic school. Right. Right. And then so then you've got Realschule, real school, real talk. Gymnasiums where G Star came from, right? right because exactly. that's what that's what they call them over there. They're the G Stars. Yeah, the G Stars. They, they decide to brand that and sell jeans over here. Yeah, yeah. G Star Raw. And then uh, Hauptschule. Okay. Like main school. 
Mm-hmm. So, so you got real school, main school, and gym class. Got it. Uh, and so basically that goes up to, let's see, what's the next cutoff is after ninth grade. Okay, so you're tracked in fourth grade. You're tracked in fourth going grade. Going into middle school. Going, let's say. Basically, yeah, basically starting middle, middle school. Going into middle school from fifth to ninth grade. Yeah. And then you're saying there's another track. There's another culling. There's another culling. Okay, tell us about that one. So, so now you've been now you've been you've been busting your buns to to steal a phrase in your your gymnasium or in your but can you ever oh, get I'm out getting, of gymnasium? No, once you once well, once you're in, you're in. I I guess you could be demoted. <laughs> but I have to assume there's like a vast social safety net yeah, that's yeah, not gonna yeah, let yeah, that yeah. happen. I was gonna say they're 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 not they're not no, letting okay, anybody so out. Okay, so gymnasium's simple. Once okay. you're in you're there till after 12th it's grade. It's like Olive Garden. When you're in, you're your family, family. And then right. you're there until you go to university and become okay. like a lawyer or something. Got it. Perfect. Okay? So okay, that's simple. Then, right. But then if you're in the, the rough school or the, you know. Let's say you're in Hauptschule. Right. That's the dumpy one, right? Right. We're not dumpy. I'm sure they're very nice schools. Then you get to ninth grade. You've been then you get to ninth, your buns. Then you get to ninth. After, and then what happens? Uh, after ninth grade, most of these people will go into like vocational training where you're working half time and you're okay. doing classes about that job the okay. other half of the time. So before that we think they were doing they were doing some maths, some Yeah, some one English, language maybe. One, one language, language, not two. Right. And some literature, doing... not studying economics, right. studying some math and maybe some basic science and also some vocational Little social classes studies like... and vocational. And now they're gonna be going into ninth grade with Strictly vocational classes after ninth grade. Yeah. After ninth grade, strictly vocational classes and working and, cla- and working, right? And, and like earning money or apprenticeship or something. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, but they. Oh, oh, I think we discussed this. They don't believe in slave labor like we do over here, as yeah, far as internships go. So you actually get paid starting in high school when you're taking your vocational class. I don't think it's a living wage, but you get money. But you get money, whereas yeah. like you and I went to internships in high school and yeah. we got quote job experience exposure. end quote yeah. <laughs> exposure um they didn't even use the term networking back then which i mean didn't it wasn't it, yeah not it didn't for exist. us um i'm sure they use it now yeah networking oh boy. opportunities those internships meant diddly squat they yeah. meant i didn't get home until seven o'clock some nights Oof. um but they yeah. didn't do anything so anyway so these people are getting paid they are they're getting some pocket change yeah, they get spending I mean, money. They're still living at home. They're in fucking 10th grade. Of course, they still live at home. But they're, yeah, they're they're living at home, working half-time, in vocational schools half-time. And after a couple years of that, you're just done. And you, like, get a job. And you get a job because guess what? You've, you've also had a job for, like, three years. Yeah. So when you're writing your resume and sending it to people, they're not like, actually, we're looking for three years' experience. They're like, actually, you're exactly the right candidate. Yeah. Please. So We need more of you. So that's it. That's, like... Then you just get a job, and then. So so let's get back to uh, the baseline, or well, let's let's translate this to um, the American standard, because I think what most people listening out there, Malin, understand about tracking is what they've seen in the fourth season of The Wire, which is the school season of The Wire. I recall it. In which. Um, Wait, since when have most people ever seen The Wire? Well, most people who <laughs> listen to this podcast have okay. seen The Wire okay. and, and base most of their knowledge nice of America around it. Um, 
in which uh, uh, tracking is depicted uh, at the, the way that it is actually held in America um, as a, a, a faux pas, as something that we don't do, mainly because of the... Because you end up with um, dumping grounds. It's the dumping ground notion, right, exactly. It's not um, It's not a heightening Guaranteed thing. Guaranteed dead end. Right, guaranteed dead end. Um, and, and what they do in that show, um, or at least what we see there, is we just see a bunch of behavior cases in high school sitting in, as we said, a basement classroom learning like social skills more than anything translatable to the job market or to academia or you know anything that their peers or even their their uh their their transatlantic counterparts in germany would be learning which would be functional skills that they could then apply to something in the future yeah it's basically like as if in ninth grade you pick a job and the school helps you learn the job and get a job right and high school does that like high school becomes basically like employment office then right and obviously that's not something that americans want to hear because it sounds like well then then your future is determined for you at the age of 13 that's correct and and you're capped because you're never going to make more than this because you're never going to be more than uh, an a a electrician or a plumber or a well, electrician, whatever. Shitload. Exactly. Of money. Well, right. We're going to get to that too. But um, say, high, let's say like construction worker or something. Right. Right. But then the, the irony of this argument that, again, most Americans would make is, or at least most liberal Americans would make, is that we've got a plethora of unemployed, overeducated millennials out there with zero work experience mm-hmm. who, who can't get a job that um, matches don't have very their education skills. level. Right. They don't have marketable skills. And the jobs that are They can are tell you all there, about Goethe, but and also, they couldn't put a wrench to a bolt. Well, right. But also the jobs, that are, are, uh, the, the jobs that are out there where they could tell you about Goethe are already taken by the previous five generations who are still holding all those. all squabbling over crumbs. Right, right. So, um, you know, I... I'm I, I I really mean to say bring all this up and and, and thank you for this. Sounds this. like you're framing a pro tracking argument. It's here. not that I'm fra- so that's the thing is one what I'm actually going to argue is we already do track. I think there's a lot of tracking that goes on in America and Unspoken in our culture tracking. that right exactly we don't call it tracking because that would be dirty and sure. illegal. I was but tracked. You were absolutely tracked in my, and, in my middle school and high school. Right. And I didn't have shit to say about it. Right. And the school just started putting kids every year. It got a bit more specific. Yeah. A bit more regimented. Yeah. Lines were drawn in the sand. I mean. By like 10th grade, I was in it. Yeah. And I had no choice. And and I think when we talk about gifted and talented programs in America, that is absolutely tracking. Right? That is absolutely separating out a population and saying, well, we don't, we don't want you to be there with them. We want you to be up here doing this stuff. And your, your life is changed by that simple act. Mm. And right. Your, your course of life, your options and opportunities are changed. I would even argue that advanced placement classes are a mild form of tracking. And I'm not going to sure. say they're the they're the 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 evil that's war, that's undergirding our entire society. It's what? That's wartime tracking. <laughs> How so? How so? 
the whole reason why AP exists is just to fight the commies mm. in inventing weapons and oh. stuff. It was all oh. about that was a program. Well, all all of our great technology post war program out of military. So I I can yeah, believe it that was, our uh, education system and our prison industrial so union was creaming us yeah. in the sciences. Gotcha. Much in the same way China's creaming us in the sciences now. Right. You know? Right. So the federal government said, shit, we need right. some fucking smarties. We need to get people moving forward. We don't want them to be sticking around in college, drinking beer out of beer hats and thinking about Goethe. We want them to study engineering for like two years in college and then work for the Defense Department building bombs. Right. So that's what AP came around. So the fact that there is like an AP test in art history, which I did take, by the way. Mm-hmm. is kind of bullshit and antithetical to the whole point of the program, which is to fast-track people through the sciences. Mm-hmm. At least that's how it was originally envisioned. Right. So I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the worldwide competition in sciences and everything because I do want to end this on this note. And obviously, we're going to talk um, a lot more at later dates about tracking, tracking here in the country, as well as G&T, because there's a lot of stuff in the news about G&T lately, programs, and that's not gin and tonic programs, that's gifted and talented programs. Um, but just in terms of the world stage and where these two countries rank, one that acknowledges openly that they track students into academia and, and you know, uh, uh, white-collar jobs— Right and and tracks other students into vocational training and blue collar jobs as of like thirteen years old and another one that secretly does it that would be the United States. Um, these numbers coming from two thousand fourteen, United States ranked fourteenth in the world in their education system overall. Really, that and good? Germany, yeah, I know. We actually made vast improvements on the past two years. We were ranked, uh, looks like six. No, we were ranked 17th a couple of years prior. Um, Germany, also on the rise, um, ranked 12th. So, Just two spots ahead. Two spots ahead. Care to take a guess at who's in the middle? <laughs> Who was right in between Germany and the United States? Is it random? Um, or is well, it? On, the, on the world stage of things, uh, you know, we like to be competing with these people, and we would not like them ahead of us. Huh. It's Russia. No shit, really? It's Russia. Yep. Oh my god. Ranked thirteenth. Um, so yeah. Uh all our wait, what who's ranking? Uh this is coming out of um Edudemic, or at least that's that's who uh this article is from. But I think the actual ranking uh comes the from UN Pearson. Thing? Oh, Pearson. Okay. Pearson's private, Global Report on Education. Private ranking company. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pearson or invented... data analytics. By, by, by American standards, Pearson invented education, right? right. They, they write all of our textbooks, all of our tests. Hmm. Um, I don't know what they do overseas. I thought but Texas I wrote our textbooks. What? No. Uh, <laughs> Texas just writes their own textbooks. They, well, they write their, their own, own textbooks, <laughs> and then and then everyone else has and then to other buy, them. buy them. <laughs> that is true on some level, um, but we are going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna shift back from overseas to to a more local focus and to a uh, a favorite uh, folk hero of ours in in education in these days, um, and that is of course the the mother of all education. 
Betsy DeVos. Uh, we spoke with Willie on the car phone recently about the uh, ill-fated yacht incident when one mm, of yeah. her 10, you know, read about million dollar yachts um, was set adrift and received Got a little bump about $10,000 in scrapes. I mean, you know, she's not made of money, Malin. Like, she has to actually pay for those repairs. Like, these vandals are, 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 are hurting her livelihood. Um, They're probably moldering in some dungeon as we speak. Oh, they've definitely been caught and sent to Guantanamo Bay, without question, on, you know, pre-trial, uh, whatever. You know, you're never coming They're out. They're a threat to national security. Um, yeah, you know, actually, I read the other day that her security detail costs about $8 million a year. So, and that's, you know, paid for by the federal government. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually caught that guy. any other, like, uh, education secretary that, uh, has really had a security detail before well, Betsy DeVos? Well, listen, I, I was thinking about this a lot when I read it, and I thought, that is money well spent. And here's why. Um, if she didn't have an $8 million detail, I'd fucking take a shot at that bitch. Careful, Gabe. <laughs> Hey, you know, they're listening. I'm already on a lot of watchdog lists. Um, Like, you know, the feds are definitely on to us. Um, uh, You know, I I do. I do track our 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 listener stats and I do have a lot of listeners coming from the the Langley area for some reason (laughs) in Virginia. I don't know what's there, but um, no, but really, like if she didn't have a huge detail, do you not think that like people would be? Not only not only ruining her dinners the way that they currently ruin, you know, every uh, hardcore Republican senator's dinners Mm. these days in restaurants like, you know, screaming fascist at Mitch McConnell. But I think people would actually be like just straight up throwing garbage at her. Like, yeah, or pies, pies, cream pies, pies, rotten tomatoes. Paint, I don't you really know, see her as like sort of treating her like a, a target of like a, violence, like a Cruella Deville. But I see her as a target character. of like epic humiliation. It to- that's what I'm saying. That's totally what I'm saying. That's what I meant by take a Which hit. Maybe you her. don't need eight million dollars to protect someone from pies. No, you you definitely you just need don't. a couple beefy guys. Maybe they're all wearing catcher's gloves, just ready to swat away rotten tomatoes and what have you. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, and that that seems like it'd be a minimum wage job. I mean, I'm sure she could find a bunch dogs. of schmoes out there yeah, you and a hire pie, them. You she a... could be she could be viewed as a job creator instead of just having the Treasury Department follow her around. Those people already had jobs, okay? They were going to be put on details somewhere. You know, this would be really like doing it for the people. I see. I'm with you. I'm with you. But speaking of her security, um, so we we talked about the the yacht, um, but. Following the the yacht uh, incident and and all the reporting on it, uh, Vox decided to do a piece on her in their famed McMansion Hell column, which you're you're a big fan of. Yes? Yeah, I love McMansion Hell. If you don't know what it is, it's a blog um, maintained written. I forget his or her name. An architecture critic. This says some... Kate Wagner. Is yeah. it Kate Wagner? Uh, I don't okay. know, but I'll. I'll get way. back to you on that. We'll have a link in the, um, the site. We will definitely put a link in the show Yeah, you've got to check out McMansion Hell. It's We all know this type of building. Every American knows it. You see it on MTV Cribs. You see it 
you know, in the fancier sections of your shitty exurb between mm-hmm. Columbus and Cincinnati, um, you know, these types of houses exist in every state in every conceivable form and climate. And they're just a specific type of really, really dumpy house that rich people build. Right. So there's no, there's no history to these things. There's often, there often isn't even a a history to the, the design of them. They're not in the Tudor style or the arts and crafts style. They're these smorgasbords. They're like Frankensteins. Yeah, they're Frankensteins. I want this. I want that. But I also want shingles. And And I also want a cathedral ceiling in my fucking bedroom. Right, right, right. Um, So we're going to have a gigantic roof. Yeah, they're like, they're like a, a yeah. patchwork suit of some kind. Like, yes. But by Chanel. <laughs> yes. You got <laughs> Studded it. Studded with diamonds. You got it. Um, they're like the, yeah, the the overalls with the polka dot yeah, patch on the ass. Yeah. That, what, what were those yeah. two cartoon characters? They were like two bears. It was like a, it was like a, um, I don't know. It was like a, like, I don't know what is that Steinbeck novel? About. Oh, of mice and men. Yeah, it was like um, it was basically of mice and okay. men, but with two bears. Oh, um, not you remember that, that cartoon? No, was it? Was I think it, a, it was a Warner Brothers. Was it a Warner Brothers? Okay, can't can't really picture it. But but anyway, it's like it's like that, right? But if the overalls were made by Andy Warhol, right, and and sold or Banksy even, maybe Banksy <laughs> or maybe like Hot Topic. Copying Banksy. <laughs> so, so to to read from so 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 uh, again this this her mansion showing up in McMansion Hell following the yacht disaster. Yeah, you check out the link. We'll put it up. We'll put it up. But the, I'm, you have I'm to check read, out this house. I'm going to read from Wagner, and then uh, Malin is going to explain a little bit of the architectural concepts here that I'm not familiar with, like why somebody would have a turret in their mansion on a lake. Uh, So this again from Kate Wagner. Two weeks ago, somebody untied Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos's $40 million yacht from its mooring. It got me thinking about another opulent display of wealth owned by DeVos. Her 22,000 square foot nautical themed summer mansion located in Holland, Michigan. Just a few more years of climate change and it'll be floating too. My mission for the past three years as the creator of architectural humor blog McMansion Hell has been to unpack what makes mansions like DeVos's so terrible from both an architectural and social standpoint. It's bad enough that we have a president who oversaw a massive redistribution of wealth toward the already wealthy through tax breaks. What's worse is that obscenely wealthy people just like him waste all their money building pseudo castles and other eclectic tragedies all while wagging their finger at the rest of us telling us to eat cake. All right, so I'm gonna skip through some more like telling of the. Us to eat shit. Some I'm gonna skip through. Well, she didn't want to write that. This is on Vox. Um, I'm gonna skip Fox through some more of the, the, the uh, Blackwater talk and politics to get to the actual description of the house. Um, so Betsy's house is, in general, a mess. The home attempts to play on the historical American school of architecture known as the shingle style. This style, mm. often seen at, by historians style. as a combination of the emerging arts and crafts movement and 19th century eclecticism, is known for its extensive use of shingles as a building material and its multi-mast, massing is a fancy word for the building's three-dimensional forms, architectural complexity. 
Betsy likely went with this style because it is very popular in New England, where she is not because she's in Michigan Mm -hmm. and in coastal enclaves, which she's not in because Michigan is not a fucking coast of the rich and famous in general. Even though Betsy is rifling, is riffing on the shingle style, there's a difference between architectural complexity and a mess, just as there's a difference between a masterful use of vocabulary and replacing every word in a sentence with the longest synonym you can find in the thesaurus, which is very funny because it, yeah. it reminds us of the uh, episode of Friends where Joey learns how to use a thesaurus mm. and writes a letter on behalf of Chandler and Monica for their adoption agency. Um, supporting them and he even replaces his own name with his own name being Joey with signed baby kangaroo yeah Um, so yeah yeah that's that about sums it up so so let's see the photo okay so here's the photo Mm, oh yeah so tell us what tell us what you're noticing so we know that there's lots of shingles and and lots of layers I mean it looks sort of like a layered birthday cake uh, or yeah, a, uh, or you, a wedding cake. If you decided to make a wedding cake by just like dumping a bunch of cake shit in a mound, yeah. <laughs> so it's very mound like. It is very mound like. No, you're you're absolutely right. It it, it 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 is the shape of a mound. There there or a pyramid almost. Like there is you know right. a wide mass at the bottom, and then it sort of comes up into one point for some reason. Right. So well, that's a cathedral ceiling I was telling you about. Okay. The, the master bedroom. So I, I don't know if Gabe uh, introduced me as such, but I am an architect. And um, when when Kate Kate Wagner, her yes. name, when she talks about massing, that's the that is like the rough sort of physical shape of any structure. Like okay. if you were gonna build this using blocks, for yes. example, what are the what are those blocks called? Unit blocks. If you're gonna build this in unit blocks, it you would be forced to reduce it to like. A basic mass. Gotcha. So when we talk about the massing of this house, it's not a massing in the sense that there's like different things going on. It's just like a chunk of shit right. piled together. Right. And all those giant chunk of shit is put together with a bunch of different historic references right. that don't have a lot of business with each other. Right. If it were designed by somebody who cared to think about how these historic styles worked right. back in the 1880s. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know when I look at this, it's like yeah, it's just a big chunk of stuff. Like even even me looking There's at like, it, let's see counting 1 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 11 12 different window styles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kate, Kate makes a big point of the window style thing, um, which which is weird. Um, it, it's it's definitely uh, funny to look at. But even yeah. looking at it for me as a novice, I can tell that like there's just something that looks kind of grotesque and almost like tumorous about the house where there's well, all here, these. Here's like, your tumor right here. Yeah, there it is. Tell, tell us about so that. So that's one. like kind of like. I guess sort of resembling a bay window. Right. If like the sides of the bay window were curved glass and like right. the bottom of it were this It's a tub. Bulbous sort of like cast iron tub. It, it literally looks like like a, a boat has been shoved into half of the house and that that's like the stern of a boat. I, there, there there should be And 
a if rudder inside, coming out of the it bottom. It may very well be. It may look like you know, this is what happens when it, you design a house, and it's also that that shape just that, based on how fancy you can make make each room. That bulbous thing is right next to what is already a curved. I, I don't even know what what you what you call that part of the house, but um, yeah, it's a like bit a, of a like wraparound a porch. tower kind of thing. Yeah, and. And so it just with has another a weird bulbous protrusion on wavy, the wavy, like warbled feel to it. Um, right, and and it, yeah, it's two round masses shoved together with a little awkward house cleavage in there. Right, and then you've got these weird, you've got these weird windows coming out of the shingled roofs. Yeah, those are the eye, that, those are eyebrow dormers. The eyebrows, right? Which again, which look, look like, like they're warped. coming out of the garage or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> and and then across on the other side of the house, you have an eyebrow dormer that's like two stories tall. Right. And uh, it really is a mess. Do they have a picture of the there. back? Uh, they do. They oh, do. They okay. have a picture. Where's the a picture of the inside? Okay, yeah. So the yeah. the back, you, you really got to go to the website and look at this because the back is even better because it's like ninety five percent roof. It's all roof. All I see is roof and then trees. I I cannot find where the actual doorway is or where the building itself is. Yeah. Um. It it seems like roof going straight into sidewalk somehow yeah well i think and there's and there's just about getting to the sidewalk and there's there's even a a chimney that looks like it starts at ground level somehow i'm i'm not even sure how this is physically possible that might be the grill (laughs) that might be the outdoor grill um so yeah i I, I don't know if she talks about what it costs to build oh, this thing. Oh, there's shots. interiors too. Tell us, <laughs> tell us what How you think get of these? some of these why, interiors. Why is, I mean, props for getting these images. And yeah, no. Uh, Kate, Betsy, you did a shitty job protecting Kate's your privacy. Kate's doing a job and, and Betsy. Oh, well, come on. Like, you don't think that as soon as she built this, this was in some oh, yeah, magazine you're right. for the it was probably in, like, yeah, home town and, decor, and country. Town and country. You're right, you're yeah. right. Right. Everyone yeah, wants to get she that. she wanted it. Yeah. She's proud of the shitty job that her and her contractors and her designers did. Yeah. She loves great. the fact that half of the house looks like an Applebee's when you light it up at night. Oh, yeah. It looks like a fucking fast casual. I swear to God, she's got striped awnings on it. Like It's a TGI Fridays. It's a TGI Fridays. That's exactly what it is. Like I can really see her coming out of there in a seersucker suit, you know, and and sitting on a. Sitting I think on she a does wear chair. a suit. I think I have seen her wearing a seersucker suit. Get out! Is it a pantsuit or like a skirt suit? She wears skirt suits. Yeah, that's what I thought. But Please. can you do a seersucker she's skirt? Not, she's not a. She's not crooked Hillary. <laughs> she wears skirts like women should. Gotcha, gotcha. That's right. Yeah, she's a Republican. Right. Um. Right. Yeah. But you got to check it out. It's totally tasteless. Please, yeah, please, please go to the site. It's it's and even it's great commentary. I love. Oh, the the writing I love on the Kate, pictures. Is Kate's terrific. commentary. She does meme like comments for every square inch of these photos, and you got to read them. No, it's it's brilliant, and I hope that and check out McMansion uh, Help to get a like a real architectural schooling on why these particular types of houses that we all know. And love to hate on, but aren't quite sure why they suck. Right, is going to tell you why they suck. Right, no, it's it's and totally what to look great. for in a real house. 
Kate Kate seems to be doing uh, what what I could only equate to uh, with uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? She's she's doing yes. for architecture what Neil deGrasse right. does for science, yeah. right? She makes it totally understandable and also fun for the average person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope that when you come back, Malin, that that we'll be able to find another appropriate McMansion hell to discuss. Um, and that, that you'll be back with us soon. Yeah. It's been a blast. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming. And, um, as always, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, uh, write us a review, uh, send us to your teacher, go your to the kids' site. teachers, uh, go to the, go to the, go to the, go to the what homepage. What is the site? Oh, go to our Patreon, our Patreon yeah, at patreon.com slash dullcrans. Yep, go to there. There's a lot the photos, of great content, postings. Links. Yep, got links in in there, um, as well as uh, fun giveaways and stuff happening. So definitely check that out, and uh, we will be joined by you again in the grand box soon. All right, all right. See y'all. Have a good night. The Dull Grands is a free and independent podcast supported by listeners like you. To show us support and keep us free, stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dullcrans and write into us at dullcrans at gmail.com. Along with our hosts for this episode, we'd like to thank Jesse Katz and Gwen Gallitzer for the theme music and Colin Matthews for the logo.
Malin has a report internationale um, that really I'm, I'm going to let yeah, you fly solo on for the most part. You are our first ever foreign correspondent, and you're going to be talking to us about what you've learned about schooling in uh, Germany. And, and, and if you could begin with your experiences yourself as a German language student, basically. So a self-described German kindergartner. Yeah. All right. So I was in Germany over the summer studying language. Uh, my partner is German. She is an excellent English speaker, as Gabe can attest. But, you know, in an effort to do my part and not to seem like such an American douchebag, I decided to turn the tables and learn German. So I went to a German school in Dresden. It's called a Goethe Institute, named after the famous German writer. And uh, we all know and love. Right. Yeah. So he writes real page turners, that guy. Um, and I took German classes, intro German. Um, I actually passed out of like, placed out of, I didn't pass it. I might as well have passed out. But this is the AP of German kindergartens yeah, is I what Colin is I trying placed, to express I placed to us. out of level A1. We should A1. all be very impressed. Yeah. I, I was impressed by myself. I went straight to A2. So I'm in, I kin I'm in you, kindergarten now. I think basically. if you know the word verboten, you place out of A1 hey, and into hey. level two. You know, I, And if you can also pronounce kindergarten. Yeah, which I can, a word. which I can, and I just have. But um, yeah, so I was in German kindergarten. It's half day, just like <laughs> kindergarten. Yeah, starts at eight thirty, goes to one. We have two recesses, <laughs> one at ten thirty, and one at twelve fifteen. But the first recess... Colin was the king of that four-square court at the first recess. But damn, in the afternoon, he was just tired and he'd give it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... Um, I don't know. It's... Uh, it was... I don't know. It was, it was enjoyable. It was lovely, you know? Good. First, re Good. first recess... I mean, this is Europe, of course. So everyone's drinking black coffee and smoking cigarettes. And I'm out there with my international coterie of guy from Italy, guy from Ukraine, a Russian, a Turkish guy, guy from Iran. I mean, we're all out there and I we're in it. German kindergarten together. God, it's so great. It was great. But it was, as you might expect, in Germany, it's very structured. Um, and, um, and, uh, so even in recess, they had you walking in two straight lines. Um, yeah. You and uh, so, um, keeping pleats in your in your trousers and and nice creases at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Punctuality exactly. is key. My uniform. Punctuality um, is key. You want to be back in your desks before the whistle. And uh, yeah, but uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. You know, the structure. Yeah, I, I the recall recess. you saying there was a lot of like cutting and gluing and like basic basic bitch worksheets. <laughs> I did have a workbook. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I had a workbook. Which, as we said, you know, everybody should go out there and take the Wonderlick because it's fun. Having a workbook is basically the adult version of, of you know, adult coloring books. Or I, I should say the, the educational version of adult coloring books. It's like yeah. you feel really accomplished doing the most basic 
task. Oh yeah. And and it's and it's fucking great. And it's so much better than like checking your email or your spam filter. Sure. Conjugating like. the present tense in a regular <laughs> verb. I'm all about that. Right. I get my homework done in 15 minutes. Right. I nail it perfectly. Right. And when I show up the next morning, my teacher is proud of me. Right. And and you That's get what actual should human be about. contact out of it. Right. Yeah. Instead of like these apps, you know, it's not like Duolingo where it's like there's just always more you can do. Right. Always more tests. Always more this. It's just like, oh, you got like... Malin got a gold star today for his homework. Now he gets to go to recess feeling yeah. good about himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, the one part of my curriculum is that I... Uh, sorry, let me pause. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I got to take...